have the ability to influence and shape the lives of people with the things we say, how we act, and the choices we make with it. hello and we both made like the h mouth movement but i don't think i i backed knew. out yeah i got scared i had <laughs> i had to just i had to say it we okay. can't it's very hard to start it is hard to start it's hard we to have a normal Graham conversation again but no we're in just too deep. screw it yeah right. hi <laughs> welcome to episode five of og influencers the podcast that explores your favorite artists favorite artists favorite artist i'm I just woed <laughs> i'm cc i'm Haley. welcome back thank you for listening welcome back after a long break yes <laughs> an accidental on purpose break it's so hot you guys it's oh just my so God. warm yeah if you hear the fans in the background it's because we're sweating we also had to take a break because the heat and it was the fourth of july yeah and stranger things came out yes cc's wearing a shirt inspired by 11 at the mall it's well, <clears throat> no, no spoilers, but the words I dump your ass were said while wearing this shirt. So iconic shirt had to buy it. Hot Topic. I approve. we're not sponsored. I can't believe that Hot Topic has that already. Literally, I, and I mean, I watched it all the day it came out. And so it was like the next day, July 5th. I was like, I'm sad. I need retail therapy. <laughs> and I Googled Stranger Things merch. And there you go. I was like, I need that shirt. I would wear Dude, it all the time. You look great in it. Thank you. It's my casual summer look. Is that what you did on the 4th of July? Stranger Things? Yes. I yes. Don't really my family celebrates on the 3rd. So. Oh, yeah. What did I do? Oh, wait. I just celebrated with my fam. And I yeah. went to a pool party. And then <gasps> I saw pools. Ariana Grande. And Graham was there. <laughs> oh cool yeah with my sis cute that's she's my fave artist i was screaming the whole time and we were the oldest people there at 22 and 25 seriously literally i like don't and believe that it was like 14 to 17 year olds and their moms everybody but they all looked fucking baller like they had like parachute pants on like the wait the people at the concert or like mm -hmm. the people on stage at the concert. You're they look so cool. Every, I was like, shit. So those were the cool kids. I felt old because I was like, I don't even know what to type into Google to find these pants. <laughs> like, how do I get that? Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, Also, over a break, I have been watching a show that I know that you'd love. Have you ever watched Love Island? Love Island? Love Island. No. It's a UK original mm -hmm. and now they have a u.s version that just began last week mm. okay okay listen welcome to love island oh my god oh my god Can that's what it you? sounds like okay i love that you said it's uk though right yeah well you're sounding a little, there's like an little aussie right no, now. no there's like an essex accent 
Oh. When they intro. Oh, fuck. I, I just not good at accents. I'm sorry. No, you're totally fine. I have to tell you, though, this is hilarious because <laughs> my latest TV binge has been Bondi Rescue about Australian lifeguards. There, It's so it's like intense. It's like the good kind of. Well, is, is there a good kind of reality TV? Yes, where it's like, all of it. It's not like the drama is like real. It's not like people just like being dramaful because people are crazy. It's like people there are drowning. lives on the line. The ocean will take you out. And yeah. these people are like, we'll be your heroes. And oh my God is so good. There was okay. Ep- that sounds, yeah. is there romance? No. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Let me explain Love Island because it is exactly the type of TV that you love. This okay. cheesy ass reality TV. Yes. It's literally, oh my God. It's the most crazy TV ever. So they send these like, 10 people to an island, half mm-hmm. are girls, half are boys. Okay. At first. And they sent in. So, okay. The premise is that if you're not in a couple at the end of the week, then you get kicked this off. This is the same as Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. Is it not? Okay. Yes. However, it's live. Well, whatever happens during that day gets aired that night on CBS. Oh my gosh. And there's it, episodes every night. Every single night for a month. Oh my god! And so, and then they introduce new people, and all those people have seen all the other episodes. So they go in with a plan to like break up certain relationships, or like they like this guy Cashel, so they're gonna. It's so insane! Oh my gosh, it's insane. That's okay. My favorite part of that is that they go in knowing. Yeah. Is it like so? They record. Do they do like the asides that a lot of reality TV shows do, where they like well, pull you aside? They and have they, like, like a confessional room, yes, kind of like American Sex Top yeah, Model, okay. where you like go in on your own free will and you like vent. It's like your so video diary. They're <laughs> venting about each other, and then some third party gets to come in and like know all the tea. Yes, I want to be. Insane? I want to come into that yeah. situation. They do like survival games. Like survival type, like that show. Yeah. Not like survival. <laughs> do they win things if they like do they well? They win like dates. And there's an app where you can vote. Like I'm like literally invested because I watch every night. But like you vote and they're like, oh, here's the two new girls. Who should they go on dates with t- at tomorrow? Literally. Oh. It's so good. Anyway, yeah, I'm a fan. You need to watch I'll it. It's on in. Hulu. Well, actually, the U.S. version is on CBS. So I had to get the free trial. Mm. <laughs> Mm. So. <laughs> Sorry about it. That's cool. I will definitely give it a watch. Um, so today's theme, today's oh. theme is kind of like it's TV. It's TV. So and Haley's starting because she initiated the theme. Yeah. Last night, Zizi and I always do this so late, but I texted her at like 9 p.m. because yeah. <laughs> I knew that she hadn't done it either. Yeah. I said, "Hey, do you want to theme one of our episodes? I'm doing." Like popular TV, and she's like, "Oh my god, yeah, I'm doing music." So we're recording two episodes today. They're both themed. Yes, and this is TV. This is TV. Um, so <laughs> Cece recently informed me that she finished this series. So I, I said, "This is my favorite series of all time," and I watched Chernobyl, and this is better. Okay, IMDb, fuck. Okay. <laughs> So my first person is none other than Sansa Stark, Sophie Turner. Ah, yes. Sophie motherfucking Turner. That was my step one. Graduated from college. Step two, finish <laughs> Game of Thrones. I, It's the best series of all time. Can you agree? 
I we just talked about Stranger Things. You know what? Okay, they're different. I, yeah. They're different. They're you know different genres. Yeah, you know, like you kind of almost can't compare it because like. If I'm sad, I'm not going to freaking watch Game of Thrones. Dragons. You know. Demogorgons. Children. It's laced in fantasy. Murdering. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Needles. Needles. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Sophie Turner. She's a brand new 2019 Emmy nominee. Did you know that? She was no. just nominated for Outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. You know what's a shame? I think the most I know about her is that she's married to Joe Jonas. Oh my God, she's so much more. Which there's so much more. She's not a wife of someone. She's an actress. No, she is not a wife. She Uh, is like baller, honestly. And her favorite catch line or what is that? Catchphrase? Catchphrase. Is, and that's the motherfucking tea. With her cute little accent. Yeah. (laughs) She like posts on Insta stories when like, pop culture news comes out and mm-hmm. she spills tea and then she goes and that's the motherfucking tea with her like wine <laughs> i so. love that mm-hmm. so she's best known for her um appearance on game of thrones where she made her professional acting debut at 14 she was 14 when that started yeah so and that was the first time she'd ever been on, on tv wow way to knock it out of the park right I away know. girl <laughs> oh my god i love her okay so yeah, now, did you watch the documentary? No, I didn't. Oh, well, they say this over and over again, but the producers and the creators always knew the kids were the heart of the show, and they became the main characters as the series went on. Yeah, of course. I love It's it. always been the Stark family. When both mm-hmm. of the parents are dead, the well, kids are what's left. I was going to say it's the opening scene, but it's not. The opening scene was North of the Wall. Yeah. So I know that. So (laughs) (laughs) big nerd. Okay. She's born in England and this was sad. And her twin died before birth. So she had a twin who died. Can I tell you something? Yes. It's technically going to be the next episode. Same situation. Oh my God. Yes. Like a stillborn twin. I don't know. That's all the Wikipedia. That's that's wild though. My muse, one of my musicians Oh Next episode, same situation. Okay, well, so tragic though. Yeah, that's really sad. R.I.P. Um, that sounded sarcastic, but I meant it. Um, okay, I wrote. Are we happy with Sansa's fate in Game of Thrones? Mm, sure, I am. Sure, the whole last season, actually, the whole last two seasons and part of season six, she was a fucking. Actually, the whole time she was a badass. Well, she's a leader. Yeah. She's a leader, you know, she doesn't. And you know what? She doesn't need she doesn't need anyone to lead with her, you know? Uh-huh. She really doesn't. No, she said, I have been married three times. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And, the- <laughs> and they all they're all dead. And I hate them. Except I mean, that was we're going to be spoiling anyway. Yeah, that was Tyrion's a fake not marriage. Fucking dead. That was a yeah. fake marriage. And that was the best one she had. Yes. He was the nicest <laughs> Honestly, man. Honestly, I would marry Tyrion. Yeah. Actually, he's kind of an arrogant asshole, so maybe not. He'd be fun to talk to. Okay, I will be friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> you could just drink wine with him. That's what he would yes, be. He'd be a good uh, wine, a wine buddy. Beer, right? He's a, he's a wine guy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Um, I loved her ending. She's the queen in the north, and she... <laughs> I hate the king. 
We hate Bran. Come on. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. But like, I'm glad that she said to her own brother, Fuck you. I'm yeah. the queen in the north. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing, but I guess it's its own territory. Wow. You know, there's the, the added layer of like diplomacy, but then you have your siblings, you know, like things aren't going to change just because you're figureheads, you know, she's yeah. going to tell how it is. She's the older sister. Yeah. She, I liked her crown. She's a humble queen. Her crown is humble. Actually, I didn't really like the crown that much. It was kind of boring, but that's who she is. Mm. Well, she's not boring. Her simple. clothes are boring. Maybe simple. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of all the information I have on her. Her Wikipedia was very short. But I didn't write this down. But yeah, she was recently married to Joe Jonas. Yeah. Well, so like, I wonder, like, huh. So she just auditioned. Like, she did. She, I don't remember if she went to acting school. I didn't even write it down. And then she was at like a school for girls. Mm-hmm. And then she just became Sansa Stark. That's such a wild big break. Do you know anything? Like, did her parents have connections or was it just her? No, her mom. No, they had normal jobs. Weird, right? But, like, Good she's for her. perfect. I'm so glad, obviously, that she was cast. So she's married to Joe Jonas. Mm-hmm. She's in the sucker video, which I love that video. All their wives are, aren't they? Yeah. That's cute. But she's my favorite of the wives. Mm-hmm. Wives. She... They got married after, um, fuck, I don't, like that. Oh, my God, I didn't do very good research today. They got married after an award show at, uh, like, a Las Vegas chapel. And I love that. That's something I've always wanted to do. Oh, my God. So I was like, oh, man, that's fine. That's really cool. But they still had their, like, classy-ass French didn't wedding. did like Diplo West. take a video oh. of it or something? Yeah, he's the reason yeah. it was leaked. It was, like, on his, he live-streamed it on his Instagram. Annoying. They probably said phones away. That's what you do. Okay, that's what you do at weddings. You put yeah. your phones away. Do, have you seen that viral image of like, one? yes, mm-hmm. where there's just like a person with a phone and it's like, what are you going to do with your crummy cell phone pic? I like, know. That's what professional I, photographers are for. Sure, you'll have to <laughs> wait two weeks to see to it. get like the unedited, unedited yeah. photos. And, and you, you know, know that lady, she was sitting in the back. She's definitely like her second cousin's. Like sister, yeah. Well, I guess it's so so whack. Put your phones away at weddings, people. Yeah, do whatever you want though. If you're gonna take a photo, don't put it in the middle of the aisle, like the ceremony. Take it, yeah. Take it at the reception. Yeah, go wild, go wild there. I'm no photographer, but (laughs) that lady seemed mad. Mm. Okay, so when she was asked about her inspirations, she cited Natalie Portman. For her versatility and dedication, Dakota Fanning for her early start and longevity, and Cameron Diaz because she was a model thrown in the deep end who grew stronger as a person and an actress. I was gonna say, you saying Natalie Portman? I'm like literally yeah. her her start sounds the same like Natalie Portman auditioning mm-hmm. for Leon the Professional out of like I love how many Natalie hundreds Portman. of actress child actresses and like that's hard to be like yeah. Kids, okay, kids are good at acting. I'm using air quotes. Mm. No kid is, like, really great at acting. Because for, to be an actor, you have to have life experience. They, and you have to be able yeah. to draw on it, you know? Kids only get, like, five lines. Yes. And they're, like, very short. Like, just say it, like, like repeat me, you know? Yeah. You but know. I love Natalie Portman. Yes. And they both, you know, they both, like, really... I can. I mean, I wish we knew how many actresses auditioned for Sansa, but I oh, bet it was I know a ton the, for the next one. Yeah, I bet it was a ton. 
And like they they all just like rose to the top, you know. Someone's gotta someone's gotta do it. T. Okay. So those are her cited inspirations, but this is our fucking podcast. Yeah. Um, and so I created my own narrative. I reject your influences <laughs> and substitute my own. So I'm gonna talk about Sophie's real life best friend, tattoo sister, Stark sister. And fellow Aww. Emmy nominee, Maisie Williams. Cute. I love this bitch. I love both of them equally and very strongly. They, and like the thing, they're, do their, their characters don't interact very much until no. the last season they or so. They just reunited in, in season eight. Yeah. And they, in the last episode of season one was when they were broken off. Oh. Insane. Insane. Okay, so Maisie is a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I forgot to say it. Sophie's a Pisces. So mm. that's just a cute. Thing. So she holds in all of her emotions until she explodes. And she kind of like when you look at her face, like you, I can imagine that. For her. <laughs> okay, Maisie is a vegetarian. I just didn't know where to put that, so I just put it first. Sure. <laughs> um, she's also known for her debut acting role on Game of Thrones. How old was she? Sorry, I'm she, jumping ahead. No, that's my next bullet. Oh, she, yes. They met when they were 12 and 13. So Maisie was 12. So she's two years. Oh, oh no, one year. I was wrong about Sophie. But she's whatever. 13. They were both young teens. Young as fuck. Mm. But only a year apart. Do you remember what we were doing when we were that age? We were playing soccer together. Probably. Dude, Cece, actually, I remember because you were like so good at assisting. Like you were always the person <laughs> who had the perfect shot to Victor and then he put it right in the goal. That is too kind. No, literally. I that was were you like a wing or something? I I feel like I was normally a defender, but no, you know what? I was like right or left wing or something. Yeah. That was very often. And you know what? Can I tell you one of like <laughs> the things that's ingrained in my mind is no. um Victor's or was it Amber? Amber would go pass to Victor. Yeah. Like <laughs> I remember that getting yelled at me all yeah. the time. That was fun because I went from playing soccer, soccer, soccer. <laughs> I went to, from playing soccer with a bunch of fucking suckers uh, at this on this fucking select team that literally they bullied me the whole time. I didn't even know it. So that makes it way worse. Oh, man. So that's embarrassing. And then I went to playing at Aaron, our rec league. It was so fun. It was fun. We were not a good team, but that's. Yeah, we were. We won every game. Oh, no, we did not. We got a lot of goals. I remember scoring a lot. Well, maybe that was you. But I don't know. I think we won a lot. Mm, 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 mm. We did not do with very Victor. well. With Okay, with Victor, we did well. But do you remember the years before Victor? No, I wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's my own That's my own I, tea. I do remember one time in eighth grade, I feel really bad about it still. We were playing against our friends from Hartford, mm -hmm. and I stepped on his he was a goalie. I stepped on his hand and I shot. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, but you're in the way. Cute. Haley also like glee. broke her arm during, was that when we were in eighth grade then? No, that was like sixth grade. I was only at Hartford for like two years. Oh, okay. T, how did we get to soccer? That's what we were doing when we were 12 and 13. Oh yeah, that's what we were doing. Well, um, also a lot of other stupid shit. Yeah. That's like fine. not, not like naughty stuff. Just 
you know weirdos yeah i feel like i don't know watching scary movies in cece's basement which i did not want to do sorry but here i am here we are okay so here are some quotes that enabled me Mm. so i went off track a little with the inspo thing but like here are some quotes that they talk about each other oh shit there's so many i don't know which one to choose pick them pick them all um I've always seen Maisie as this rebellious, cool kid while I'm more passive, aggressive, or just passive. (laughs) I hate that about myself, and I love that Maisie is just who she is. So she looks up to her. She's her best friend. She loves her. She says, "Um, it's nice to have her going through this industry and someone who just completely gets it. She is really lovely to have someone to hold my hand through all of it. Why am I... I typed this out wrong. <laughs> She's like my big sister. So that's what Maisie said about Sophie. Cute. They also talk about how on set, like this last season or during press or something, they would just go off to their room, smoke weed and have a bath together. Like how fucking sick. <laughs> and so like funny. they said that they would rub their makeup brushes all over their face when they were high. Like, it probably feels okay, very nice. Off. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you should try it. It's fun. <laughs> Um, so the Stark sisters survive. Spoiler. They yeah. thrive in their respective kingdoms. Mm-hmm. I In parentheses, I put boat or whatever. Doesn't uh, Arya go off to, like, yeah. what is it, Easteros? This bullshit. Essos. Essos, not Easteros. <laughs> you're, talking, you're thinking of Westeros, Westeros and then Essos. And Essos. So yeah. I also know that. So <laughs> cool. That's <laughs> it. <Sick>. Um, <laughs> So I hated her storyline. Arya's? Yeah. She says, what's west of Westeros? Or, yeah, that's what she says. And then Bran's like, I know, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Doesn't he know? The writers? No, or- Bran. Oh, Bran? He must well, know. Well, he should know. He should know all of it. Unless there's no people there because he sees it through the eyes of other people. So <laughs> so Arya's not going to have a great time. Yeah. Hmm. And animals. I feel like there's like a weird trend with like these fantasy things where it just kind of ends with like mm-hmm. some exploration and it's just kind of implied that like and now they're going to become more modern and we won't and, yeah. need all of this fun adventure anymore because it's just going to be like. Yeah. Never yeah. mind all the plot holes. We're just going to end it. Yeah. And just assume history continues yeah. even though there's like magic and stuff. So it's not like, you know, but. Yeah. That's a well, that's the thing that fantasy can do. They can just cite magic. Yeah. They're like, oh, magic. He <laughs> came alive because of magic. <laughs> Whatever. So Maisie, her name is Margaret Constance Williams. She was born April 15th. So she's an Aries. Same. Just like Cece. That's why she's so assertive. She's very, I love her. She's very cool. She has like the coolest online presence. Aww. She makes me want to hang out with her. Um, she has more words and more acting roles than Sophie, but. Um, I just watched this movie called Then Came You, where she was like a cancer patient, and it was so good. Uh, so good. Just saying. Mm. Um, and she has an app that is aimed at creative people. So the aim is to bring creatives across industries together and foster collaboration. So it's called Daisy. Cute. Um, um, I wrote, I'm not happy with her fate in Game of Thrones. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then I wrote a transition, so here we go. Here we go. <laughs> now that I messed up everything, 
I'm just going to go with whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> so the next person is my other favorite character on Game of Thrones. This is just my Game of Thrones. They all influence rant. each other, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gwendolyn Christie. We love Brienne of Tarth. Yes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I love yes. her. I, like, tried to get my parents into Game of Thrones, and I showed them the part where she, <laughs> spoiler, executes um, Stannis oh, in yeah. the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just so professional. Like, she's professional. She's loyal. She's, like, every good quality you could possibly she's have. She's too loyal. Um. I did not like the last few episodes with her and Jamie Lannister. In no, no, okay, that that's, was horrible. It shouldn't. It just shouldn't have happened. I put two memes on my piece of paper, and one of them is, it's like when she's writing in the Book of Brothers in her final scene of the whole series after she has been a badass lady the whole time, and then she has to go back to this man thing. It's like you're kidding me. No, she she they did her dirty. Yeah, she was so much better than that. <sighs> Okay, here's what the meme says. Mm -hmm. It's like her writing. It says, I couldn't help but wonder, why was I given the duty of writing the Wikipedia page for a man who left me instead of, you know, having my own arc completed? (laughs) Yes, yes. Like, but it was implied that she didn't have to do that. Like, that was her job. But, like, she went back in the book to finish his story and, like, bring honor to his name, even though he's a dick. Yeah, I just, oh man, it just, that was so irritating. How could you pick Cersei over Brianna? Yeah, your twin. Hello. Yeah. She should have died. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think, oh my God. Sorry. I, mean, I, get, I get, I get why so, like, the writers had to know. How do you not realize people would be upset with the way they ended this? I think it was a cheap ending for her. Well, everybody said when he left on his horseback, they mm-hmm. were like, he's going to go kill Cersei. And I was like, so here for that theory. And mm-hmm. then really, no, he really fucking loved his own twin. And he, I just, how? Stupid. Okay. Yeah. Also, I wrote, I okay, no woman needs a man. But like Torment was in love with her. Go for Torment. He's a hot ginger. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Him, the looks he would give her, like, that is a big woman. Is she really that tall in real life? Yes, she's six. She's almost 6'4". Wow. I know. Incredible. Well, that was, like, a problem that she had. So, I mean, she was, she's Bran of Tarth. Um, she graduated from the Drama Center of London in 2005, and she was told she would probably never work because she didn't look the same as most actors um that is yeah oh due to her unconventionally tall physique and was even told well good luck with that by her agent after she stated that she would like to work on screen that oh my gosh you know mm, so irritating it is so refreshing to see people who look different than the normal it is so refreshing sometimes i'm like okay okay i'm a libra i'm into aesthetics Mm -hmm. i love a good beautiful person in vogue because Mm -hmm. like duh but i don't look like them and honestly sometimes that's fine by me but then i see these ads and i see people who look like me and i'm like holy shit like that's so sick yeah i maybe i don't believe it belongs everywhere like that's some fucking that's a hot take dude but i just i'm just gonna say it's because i'm a libra it's because you're a libra (laughs) i love beautiful things and i believe that they have a place yeah because I'm a dick, okay? Fuck. <laughs> I mean, 
I suck. Okay. <laughs> but I do like seeing myself <laughs> representation. Yeah. Know? Well, too, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, you couldn't have, the thing is you can't have like, not to knock Emma Watson, but like you mm-hmm. can't have Emma Watson's playing female knights. Like, I mean, you mm-hmm. could, but it is not the same. She would same. die immediately. She's too tiny. Yes. She does not have the same physical <laughs> prowess as, what's this actress's name again? Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Who, by the way, always looks the best at all the premieres. She, yes. And she, like, I mean, they, I think the makeup that they do for her in Game of Thrones is like pretty realistic. It's mm-hmm. not, doesn't really look like much. Like she just looks like yeah. normal, normal female. But like, yes, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Everything. You can tell she's like, finally. She's gorgeous in Game of Thrones too. She okay. is. She is in I her own her natural way. Yes. So she's inspired by Tilda Swinton, which I can see. How could you not? Because that's her own representation mm-hmm. on the screen. Um, also, I'd like to say, <laughs> I know I sound like a dick, but like, I know representation means a lot more to a lot of more people than me. So I'm all for it. If you want to put someone in vogue, like unretouched, I'm not going to be that mad about it. And I have no say over it. So sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so her filmography section is huge. She's in film, TV, theater, and video games. Is she in anything else that I would like now? Yeah, like- Star Wars. She's a stormtrooper in Star Wars. What? I know. And like these newer ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she did a lot of like indie films and like small docuseries, but she's most known for her role on Game of Thrones. So yeah. that's when I really started. Yeah. Um, she's she was very passionate about getting the role. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. I know which stormtrooper she's like the head one. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh. Yes, I think I recognized her voice. I think oh, it yeah. was her voice. And she's like really tall. She like yeah. fights Finn or not? That's not his name. Yeah, Finn. Yeah, Finn. Finn. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I here you go. Thanks. We're passing around uh, cold brew. <laughs> um. So she was passionate about the role after reading the books. So she was like, "Holy shit, this is made Can for you me." Imagine how good that feels as she's like this yes this role yeah. i my the people who told me good luck with that this is me mm-hmm. and then she gets to go show him up get a new agent girl Ooh, mm. seriously <laughs> like mm, fuck um so she to prep for her audition she wore unisex clothing and gained muscle to like get in the character um and, and she looks so good yeah according to george rr R. martin she got the role practically without debate after an arresting audition at which she appeared already made up and costumed as Brienne. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that's that's a thing though. Just show up to the audition like you've already been cast and you're in wardrobe. Yeah. Like why? Okay. Why would you show up? You know, you don't show up to a to an audition in a dress to be a female knight, you know? No. Like But there's a amount of subtlety because here's a I've been watching these YouTube videos about um, getting cast in Annie. It's very specific, but there's like this children's um, Broadway musical, Mm -hmm. Annie, obviously. But they like travel and stuff. And I've been watching all these auditions. And this girl came dressed as Annie and it was like too much. They were like, what are you doing here? Um, Just look like a cute girl. Maybe curl your hair. Sure. Well, I guess, too, if you like assume the aesthetic of the show, yeah, and you like go to you like you don't want to car- be a cartoon. Yeah, you can't of wear it. a costume. You have to kind of read like, okay, like is this like a modern production? Are we doing like classic Annie? Are uh-huh. we doing? Yeah, because I guess then you're you kinda... like putting your own aesthetic onto the production well, when you don't know match, what that's then what you the don't match are doing. the role. Yeah. yeah. 
So I liked Brianne's fate, but I hate Jamie. And yeah. why did she have to do that? That's what I wrote. Like, oh, I hate Jamie, but I'm glad that he died. Yeah. With Cersei. And well, not together, but I like the way they died. I know a lot of people Most hated of their it. Children are dead too, aren't they? Like that line is totally Ooh, all ended, of them. isn't it? Like mm-hmm. every Lannister. Well, well they weren't even Lannisters. Oh, wait, yes, they were. Yeah. Fuck. I was like, oh. Except for Tyrion, right? He's the only one that made it. Oh, yeah, it. Tyrion. And he, didn't he say over and over again that he can't, like, have kids? Probably. Yeah. So, I, and then my last bullet point was just Torment, which we already covered. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. If it had to happen, it should have been with him, you know? If it had to happen, which it did not. But she kind of wanted it. She wanted uh-huh. to get fucked, you know? Oh, God. Sorry. It's okay. It's gross. <laughs> Um, and I also wrote down another meme of her writing in the book of brothers and it says, and also Sir Jamie died while telling Cersei that he was in love with Brienne, who was super hot at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. There was also some like burn book ones from like, um, mean girls, which I liked. You have to, any book where you're writing stories, Mm -hmm. then you have to. Okay, that was my people. I'm sorry I just didn't even follow the podcast, but whatever. You're fine. I went no, off. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think it works because they were all on the same TV show. Yeah. And, you know, they yeah. work together. And it's not like, like, lit- like if anything, I almost feel like because Maisie and Sophie's roles were so separate because they mm-hmm. never really had to act together. I feel like Gwen, Gwen, Gwendolyn, yeah. Gwendolyn um, is like the bridge. Because she yeah. spends time with Arya, Both. and yeah. then she spends time like with Sansa, and then they're all together, you know. Also, I'm inspired by them. Like, I love them. Yeah, I mean, whenever I've seen any interviews with them, they seem very real. Like, yeah. they'll talk about mental health, they'll talk about how hard it is to be that age, working on Game of Thrones, how you don't really have a lot of friends outside of production, because yeah. it, you kind of can't make genuine friends once you're that famous. Besides Joe Jonas, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> also Sophie Turner is the reason I smoke my jewel again like I put my jewel away and then I saw her she looked so cool and I was like fuck and then I now I do also Gwendolyn smokes cigarettes which on like I obviously don't smoke but like she looks so cool doing it <laughs> people are like how can you smoke that like what's the point I'm like do you see how fucking cool she looks <laughs> do you see I'm like the devil on my own shoulder well, <laughs> on you know, everybody's shoulder. You know, you know, that's that's okay. funny though. Do you want to hear who my people are? I really do. Okay, and I have a suspicion. Can you tell me your guess? Is it Stranger Things actress? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I was like, can you guess which one though? Well, I'm hoping. Well, I'm not hoping. Wait. Oh my god. I love Millie Bobby Brown. Well, I don't love her that much, but I really love Winona Ryder. It's Winona Ryder, baby. Yes! Okay, sick. Okay, okay, okay. I really, this is like so important to me right now. Yes, I picked Winona Ryder, the American actress and film producer. Wink, mm. wink. Um, obviously, I mean, everybody knows Winona, but she is yeah. most known for her starring roles in Beetlejuice. Yeah. As Lydia Dietz. Heathers as Veronica, Veronica Chandler? No. Maybe that's not her last name. Her name's Veronica, though, on the show. Oh, the Heathers. Yes, Heathers. Um, She's the love interest in Edward Scissorhands and (laughs) Joyce Myers in Stranger Things. Hello, Mom. (laughs) Her comeback role. Oh, my God. So, okay. 
Getting into it. Winona Ryder, birth name, Winona Laura Horowitz, was born in Winona, Minnesota, Midwest gal, on October 29th, 1971. She's the daughter of Cynthia Palmer and Michael D. Horowitz. Her mother is an author, video producer, and editor, and her father is an author, editor, publisher, and antiquarian bookseller. Okay. Cool. Oh, like antiques. Yeah, I think so. Antiquarian. I don't know if I've ever used that word. Antiquities. Yes. I think, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yes. Her father is Jewish and Ryder has described herself as Jewish. There is a Jewish theme in my. Oh, go off. Influences. Well, yeah, I think there are a lot of Jewish people in Hollywood. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like that. Yeah. In past episodes, I feel like I've had a lot of Jewish people. Yeah. Well. I mean, I'm just thinking of Seth Rogen, but. Oh, <laughs> I just love him. <laughs> I can't. The past people don't come to mind. But okay, sad part. Most of her paternal family members were killed in the Holocaust. So sad. Fuck, dude. Well, what's her last name? Horowitz? Horowitz, yeah. yeah. Um, and that wasn't that was a name they adopted. Oh, okay. They immigrated. So and I had the other one, but it didn't their first last name, but it didn't seem relevant, so I left it out. That's fine. Um Ryder's father is an atheist and her mother is a Buddhist. So you already what? know she was a cool kid. Um, in 1978 when Ryder was 7 years old she and her family relocated to Rainbow a commune near Mendocino County California where they lived with 7 other families on a 300 acre plot of land also 700? 300 acre plot of land 7 families oh 7 I was like 700 families that is like is it like one of those like space house communities in the desert because I love that I know it feels it, like a cult, but it's a remote property that had no electricity or television sets. Mm-hmm. So Ryder spent all of her time reading and she became an avid fan of J.D. Salinger's The Catcher in the Rye. OK. And she developed an interest in acting after her mother showed her a few movies on a screen in the family barn. OK. Family Whoa. barn movie screenings. What, what a life. OK. How are they at? Oh, they were like book editors. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but also her mother, um, video producer and editor. So she might be more of the video side of editing, but her father was the author, editor, publisher, bookseller. So they seem to be like mothers more film based. Uh, yeah. I feel like if you had no electricity and then all of a sudden you're watching a TV, you, that's something you can look up to. Yeah. Like, so she is she reading by candlelight when she wants to read past bedtime? <laughs> Fucking like, pilgrim shit. Yeah, this is a little house on the prairie. That's how they burned down the barn. Someone fell what? asleep reading. I mean, oh, it was an is episode. That, I don't know. I didn't. It was an episode of Little House. Okay. Someone fell asleep reading by candlelight, Ugh. and then the candle just like burned. Did she die? No, 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 not in the show. But it was big tea because I think the book burned, and it was an expensive book. But then also the barn was in trouble. An antique book. Yes. So okay. In the barn. <laughs> Back from Little House. Um. Okay, yeah, so she developed an interest in acting when she saw those movies at age 10. Ryder and her family moved to Petaluma, California. Oh, uh, okay. Isn't that where Karen is from? I don't know. Karen, wait, who? Kilgara. Oh. I feel like I've heard that yes, so many yes, times. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. No, I think you're right. During her first week at Kenilworth Junior High, she was bullied by children who mistook her for an effeminate boy. Which, because if you. She's Amish. If you've seen pictures of her, she had a really cute like boy cut. I know it. Which was yeah. cute and it looked cute on her. 
but apparently people were mean. And Ryder's experiences being bullied continued into high school, even after she achieved her early success with Beetlejuice. So I think people just decided they didn't like her, and her being famous just made people even more turned off, which... Yeah, they're like, okay, now she's cooler than me. Now I hate her more. Yeah. Whatever, I love her. Okay. So backtracking from high school, though, before Beetlejuice, in 1983, when she was 12, she enrolled at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, where she took her first acting lessons. Uh, and in 1985, she sent a videotaped audition where she recited a monologue from the novel Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger okay. uh, to appear in the film Desert Bloom. She was not cast in it, but the writer director, David Selter, Seltzer. Like the drink. Seltzer water. Seltzer. <laughs> Busy. Um, noticed her talent and cast her in his film, Lucas, in 1986. Okay, so she's networking. Which is where Tim Burton was like, she's good. I want her as Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice. I love. And so that was her big break. And she was so iconic as Lydia Dietz. Just for context, Lydia Dietz is like this super goth <laughs> teenager who's like, only like normal people ignore like the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. Like she's like this weird. She's like the Wednesday Adams of the family. Yes, yes. And I read an article about how she's kind of like the antithesis of like the brat packed, brat brat pack, um, John Hughes like era, oh, where like well, Molly yeah, Molly Ringwald was like Ringwald, yeah. not Ringwald. Ringwald <laughs> was like the poster child for like relatable teen where she was like kind of popular not too but like everyone forgets her birthday she yeah she was just like but she was kind of like you know in the middle versus like a lot of Winona Winona Ryder then becomes like these like out there characters that are weird and kind of do their own Mm -hmm. thing and really operate on the fringes but are still lovable and relatable and weird so she kind of becomes the new relatable teen girl character I yeah Agreed. And that's yeah. And so I that's, wonder if that's what like if she was like a Molly Ringwald, would people have liked her at school? Like because she was like being goth as fuck and being weird. And they were like, ew. I don't know. I don't think she dressed. She dressed like she was a little eccentric in the way she dressed. But it's probably because no one in her life ever told her like she grew up on this commune. No one ever told her that like, hey, people are going to hate you for being different. Ugh. She was probably just celebrated like, oh, yeah, girl, you do you. She's so I don't know. She's just so cool. I know for playing the role. With her, can you tell? Yes. <laughs> for playing the role of Veronica, she was told she like wasn't pretty enough or something. And How? she was like, BRB. She like ran to a Macy's department store and got a makeover and came right back and they were like oh oh we didn't know you could look like that sure and then she, is... you know she blew it out of the water okay and it's probably because she just you know she like doesn't look like conventional like she doesn't look like molly ringwald or she doesn't style herself that way yeah you but know? she is like beautiful so I don't yeah get it. yeah doesn't make sense okay um so then just a little bit about towards the end of her career um in 2001 she had a shoplifting incident okay where she i think it was from Sacks. She like mm. stole like five, almost five thousand dollars or more <laughs> worth of clothing, and it was like. How old was she? She uh, in two thousand one. Thirty. Oh, is she thirty <laughs> then? Is she's born in seventy one, eighty one, ninety one? Yeah, she's thirty. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's thirty, and she stole all those clothes, and people were like, 
man, like people really came down on her. Like prosecutors, uh, like there's a really sad story where a friend of hers was kidnapped <gasps> in, from Winona, Minnesota. Okay. And she herself, now she's wealthy. Sorry, there's some sirens. Beep, beep. Um, she offered herself when she found out she'd been kidnapped and was missing. Um, she offered like a two hundred thousand dollar reward, like if you bring my friend back alive, like Winona Ryder will give you money, like just return her safely. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being killed Ugh. by whoever took her. And so then Winona formed like this, um, like organization in her honor about like trying, like you know helping protect victims and trying to like get people back from situations of kidnapping and stuff. And the prosecutors used it against her because the defense were like, go easy on Winona. She's a star. Like she like, yeah, obviously people need, people need to follow the law, but her defense was like, you know, she's going, she's going through a depressed stage. Like she can pay for what she was taking. Like, can we please like, you know, like, like get like, you know, just like no, like don't charge her and pretty much the prosecutor was like how dare you like throw this dead girl around as your defense and like the girl's family were even like oh do not come for Winona she has done so much for us she's not using us as her like get out of jail free token I'm surprised that even went to court like it might just be me but I don't fucking care if you steal from Saks like you know how much money they have they are Selling $300 t-shirt. Well, she she had to pay, like, I don't know how much her fines were, but she had, like, to do 480 hours of community service and was on probation for, like, four or five years. Why? And, okay, I, I know why. but like. And people, like, stopped casting her in things. And she kind of, I mean, she did have, like, slow, um, like, she was, she appeared in a couple things, but she didn't really have a big break until she was cast as Joyce Byers in Stranger yeah, Things. And now like she's back and she's happening and she's but yeah so beautiful okay mm-hmm. I, I don't know i feel like if that happened today everyone would just like laugh yeah i don't like, know oh, crazy kids like justin bieber fucking like brought didn't a monkey he, like, to america didn't he like hit someone in his car too and like hurt people yeah he sucks and everyone gives him a chance yeah he's also i mean that was also a weird thing because he's not he's not like a citizen and like normally i think that's a like a deportable offense Mm-hmm. you know oh yeah he's from canada yeah and so like that's weird i mean rich yeah. people get away with anything well actually i now that i think about it i feel like celebrities have transitioned and from like way back in like the 30s they were like someone to look up to They're and classy. like they were perfect people scandals were like career ending versus career even, like, igniting scandals you know? wouldn't even like happen it like the worst scandal was like carrie fisher and elizabeth taylor and now, that, like, yeah, Elizabeth Taylor, right? Yeah. And now there are people who are famous because of like their scandal. Yeah. It's like you look to celebrities to entertain you, even in their own personal lives. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you can cancel someone, but it's just like kind of funny. Yeah. Based on whatever you're canceling them for, I guess. So that's our girl, Winona. Okay. And um, you heard his name mentioned twice in that because. She was influenced by the writing of J.D. Salinger. Okay. She loved Catcher in the Rye. She did her first monologue to Franny and Zoe. Can I admit I've never read Catcher in the Rye? Can I admit I read the first, like, 20 pages and put it down and never picked it back up? Is that the one? Mm. Cece and I did forensics together in high school. Is that the one that we always heard from those people where it's like they shot the dog or something? 
No. Oh. You know what? You're probably thinking of mice and men when oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't read either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's probably what you're thinking of. And no. I have an English degree. No, that's, yeah, that's someone else. Okay. Um, but I don't know either. We'll, we'll get into um, the lead, or the lead, the lead actor. Um, the main character of The Catcher in the Rye is Holden Caulfield, I think is how you say his name. But let's first, let's talk about J.D. Salinger. Okay. This is a bit long because... And I, I love it when they're longer because I feel like it it just means they had a less direct path yeah, to fame. Like fun. this guy lived his life and became famous. I'm gonna like look up he didn't become famous and then like. live his life, you know? Because <laughs> if he looks cool, then I like him more. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'll get into who he is. So J.D. Salinger, Jerome David Salinger, was born in Manhattan. New York, on January 1st, 1919, his father, Sol Salinger, sold kosher cheese and was from a Jewish family of Lithuanian descent. Okay. Salinger's mother, Marie, was born in Atlantic, Iowa, of German, Irish, and Scottish descent, but changed her name to Miriam and considered herself Jewish after marrying Salinger's father. In his youth, Salinger attended public schools on the west side of Manhattan. Then in 1932, the family moved to Park Avenue and Salinger was enrolled at the McBurney School, a nearby private school. Salinger had trouble fitting in at his new school and took measures to conform, such as calling himself Jerry. Hmm. At McBurney, he managed the fencing team, wrote for the school newspaper, and appeared in plays. Have you seen Rushmore, that film directed by Wes Anderson? Because he totally, right now, seems like that private school kid that's involved in everything. (laughs) But isn't good at school. Just yeah. is like, I'm here for a good time. I'm here to be in the and yearbook. to be active. I'm here to be in the yearbook, not <laughs> not to get good grades. That was like an episode of Ned's Declassified. I don't know. Oh, if you remember. You want to be in every, Yes, yeah. you want to be in everything in the yearbook. Um, he showed an innate talent for drama, though his father opposed the idea of him becoming an actor. His parents then enrolled him at Valley Forge Military Academy in mm. Wayne, Pennsylvania. He began writing stories under the covers at night with the aid of a flashlight. Wow. How romantic. Yes. Just like Renona. <laughs> Renona. <laughs> Renona. Doing their art in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> no electricity. Trying to hide from military school. Even though J.D. Salinger was literally born in 1919 and he had electricity and Winona Ryder did it. Whack. <laughs> um... So he so he graduated from the military academy in 1936, started his freshman year at New York University in nine. Yeah. Same year, 1936, um, where he considered studying special education, but dropped out right away that fall. um, His father wanted him to learn about the meat importing business. Um, And J.D. Salander was like, sure. Goes to Vienna, Austria. (gasps) Okay. Where to learn about it. And he was so disgusted by the slaughterhouses Mm -hmm. that he left and decided to become a lifelong vegetarian. (laughs) I can only imagine what he saw. Can I tell a personal anecdote? Sure. Apparently, when I was like really little, like too little, my dad, like we live in Wisconsin, people hunt and stuff. Apparently, my dad brought me to like a butcher. And like, I don't remember this at all, but there were like, deer hanging everywhere and then I came home and my mom was like where did you take her and my face was just like blank and oh my I, gosh. I was like emotionless like that's where so I hard. learned to just like be a psycho <laughs> so. from seeing Bambi yeah like I was probably like three up. or four and I was oh. just like watching animals bleed out but like <laughs> go off I think yeah. I walked in on my dad skinning a raccoon once oh, and raccoon? that was like What's the point 
I mean, people made oh, hats for and the, stuff. For, yeah, for the fur. Oh. I was like, you didn't eat that. Oh, no. Don't. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but I, I do remember that and being like, oh, my gosh, that's what something looks like without skin. Yeah. I'm dead. There Ugh. is like the first time you see something on the inside and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is life. No. <laughs> okay. So back to Salinger in Austria. No, it's fine. This is just some tea. So as he's disgusted about the slaughterhouses, he leaves Austria one month before it was annexed by Nazi Germany Holy on shit. March 12th, 1936. And this man is Jewish. Yeah, so was, were there rumors? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure because it's not like Hitler just came to power and then it was like Nazis. It was yeah. like... So I wonder if that was on purpose. I mean, I'm, I mean to me it feels he's like a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... And he's he's I went mean, to military I'm academy f- too. Not know? everyone was so lucky. So yeah, no, good on you for getting and out. Wait, so he was a U.S. citizen, right? Yes. Well, that's the only reason he could come back because yes. like, the U.S. had some immigration issues at the time. And God, can you imagine trying to get out? <clears throat> relevant to current day, can you imagine trying to get out of a Holocaust and not being? Mm, yeah, we're not going to get into it. This I'm, is not a political we're mad, podcast, okay? but we're mad. <laughs> okay. In the fall Sorry. of 1938, <laughs> <just> yelled, <laughs> in the fall of 1938, Salinger attended the Ursinus College in Pennsylvania and wrote a column called "Skip Diploma," which included movie reviews. And he dropped out after one semester. So as you can see, there's there's a trend of <laughs> trying and dropping out, just trying to find out what he likes. You know? Yeah. Maybe academia isn't for him. In 1939. Salinger attended the Columbia University School of General Studies, where he took a oh. writing class taught by Whit Burnett, longtime editor of Story Magazine. According to Burnett, Salinger did not distinguish himself until a few weeks before the end of the second semester, <laughs> at which point he suddenly came to life and yeah. completed three stories. What is that about, like, how is he getting into all these prestigious schools if he just drops out every time? Like, maybe his writing him? samples are good. Maybe, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, this is like really the 30s, you know? Yeah. Maybe like there's just not a lot of enrollment happening because it's oh. also like end of depression time, you know? Uh, beginning. No, early 30s. Really? It was the end of the wow. 20s when it started. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because of World War One. Yes. And now we're <laughs> approaching World War Two. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what college enrollment was like. Maybe they were just like, we need people. Well, yeah, I'm very dumb. So, (laughs) (laughs) and so, yeah, so he distinguishes himself. Burnett, um, thought they were fantastic and accepted Salinger's story, the young folks, um, to be published in story magazine. And that was his like debut publishing his in short story. Yeah, that was like his debut. Cool. And that was in the March to April 1940 issue. And Burnett became Salinger's mentor. And they corresponded for several years before they had a falling out. And I literally uh, have written, there's so much information about this man. Skip, skip, did doodly do. Um, <laughs> dated a woman named Una O'Neill, who left him for Charlie Chaplin. Hmm? In 1941, he worked briefly as an activity director on a Caribbean cruise. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Camp. He also, <laughs> yeah. He also uh, submitted short stories to the New Yorker, seven of them getting rejected. Like, and this is why I think he's so interesting. Like, he's dropping out of school, he's getting rejected, and he still keeps writing. Yeah, he's, like, Like, very committed. Yes, and I feel like it's, he's just one of those artists that is, like, you just have to do it. You can't, it's not an option to not write, you just gotta do it. I give up on things very easily. It's so easy to get discouraged, and this dude... 
man. So the short story. Okay, so one was accepted for publication in December. This is 1941. Um, the short story was Slight Rebellion Off Madison, which is a Manhattan set, Manhattan set story about a disaffected teenager named Holden Caulfield mm. uh, with pre-war jitters. But when Japan carried out the attack on Pearl Harbor that month, the story was rendered unpublishable. So it was accepted, and the New Yorker was like, we're we not printing this. Yeah. We can't. Pre-war jitters are over. We're in war now. Yeah. So Salinger was devastated. He later wrote, I think I'll hate 1942 till I mm. die, just on general principle. <laughs> and But to be fair, the New Yorker did eventually publish it in 1946, like over four years later. Okay. Um, the New Yorker, it's always yeah. been. So the spring of 1942, after the, several months after the United States entered World War II, Salinger was drafted into the Army, where he saw combat in the 12th, in 12th Infantry Regiment, 4th Infantry Division. He was present at Utah Beach on D-Day. Oh, my God. Yes. He was one of those D-Day guys. Holy shit. That in the, is the scariest. In the Battle of the Bulge Yo. and uh, the Battle of Herkton Forest. Skip, skip, de doodly do. Dude was in the shit. Dude, for real. That's like, I love... I know it's like so sad for people, but I love when people just like there, there's a nurse on the Titanic who survived and then she was on the Britannica when it went down too. it's like, whoa, just there for such survivor. And like what like, like the people who were there, I mean, the people who were there on D-Day were the bravest of the brave. I want to watch that movie with Harry Styles, Dunkirk. Oh, I haven't seen it either. I really want to watch man. It. You like there's like so much to not be proud of that America does. But then there are times like D-Day where you're like, I can't imagine that people, I can't comprehend how brave people were to do that. Okay, I'm going to say this, and it feels like a hot take even coming from my own mouth, but mm. I have been to Europe and I lived in another country, mm -hmm. and I can say right now from my own experience that America is the best country in the world. Yes. And that's an opinion. <laughs> yes. And clearly for two white women... It's a oh my god! Experience. Yeah, we have to we have to acknowledge <laughs> that we have to acknowledge that. Yes. No matter where in the world, well, kind of, basically everywhere in the world, we'd be fine. Yeah, there are some exceptions, but yeah. So, just had to shout out shout out to the troops for D Day. Um, but okay, so Salinger's experiences. <laughs> oh, you know, so you know the war ends. He comes home, um, profoundly affected. No kidding. Um, from D-Day and the Battle of the Bulge, all of that. He was hospitalized for a few weeks for combat stress reaction, which is probably like PTSD. Um, yeah. And he continued to write while he was in the Army, and he continued to submit stories to the New Yorker, but they rejected all of his submissions from Send 1944 to 1946. somewhere else. He, why does he, I mean, he's from, he spent a lot of time growing up in New York. I wonder if it was almost like, this is something I read and, I'll make it if I like can publish dream. in the New Yorker. Let me tell you, though, it works out for him. Okay. So, skip, skip, do doodly do. Married <laughs> Sylvia Welter, divorced her, skip, skip, became estranged from yeah. Whit Burnett, his mentor, um, when a okay. book deal fell through. Skip, skip, <laughs> uh, became an active follower of Zen Buddhism after the war, of course. Just like skip, skip. Yeah. <laughs> and in 1947, the author submitted a short story titled simply The Banana Fish. Did you have to read that in high school? Because I had to read that. I No. Wait, maybe. The Banana maybe Fish. Maybe I'm thinking of Rainbow Fish. <laughs> the 
children's book. Let me tell you, The Banana Fish is not a children's story. Okay. Submitted it to The New Yorker. They were very impressed, but he had to revise it. Took him about a year to revise it to their standards. <laughs> that sounds like me. But then they accepted the story, then titled A Perfect Day for Banana Fish. Okay. Published it in the January 1948 issue. He received... So much critical acclaim for it. Really? The banana fish was about, it's like a family. They're like at a beach. And I guess mm-hmm. I'm, I might pair, you know, summarize this mm-hmm. a little bit weirdly, but it's about like a family and pretty much it's like a soldier, an ex soldier, like chilling at the beach. And like this sassy little girl is like talking to him oh, on the I- beach. And he's like talking about these banana fish that like, they go out and sw- they like go swim together, which is kind of weird because she's yeah. a little girl. And but like they're I know this story. Yeah. And he talks about banana fish that like they eat bananas and the- but they eat so much that like they can't get out of their like the holes that they mm-hmm. the fish like to nest they in. They get trapped. And th- so they get trapped and they die because they eat so many bananas. Kind of like a weird, mm-hmm. you know, allegory. But um, so this soldier has this like day at the beach with this little girl then goes back to his hotel room and kills himself. And it was, it's like so shocking and Mm -hmm. real. And you know, like, can you imagine how many broken people are coming back to America coming back from the war? Yeah. Like how many people are like, this needs to get talked about or Mm -hmm. like that. What this man is like, you know, like I'm sure people imagine all the douchebags at the New Yorker trying to just like figure this out. Yeah, That's what I'm imagining. They're probably like, this is new. Oh my, this is a hot take. He's giving them something to analyze and mm-hmm. they love it. And, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. He's really feeding them. Oh yeah. And so, yes. So that's his big hit. Okay. In the 1940s, Salinger um, tells people um, that story, Slight Rebellion off Madison. He's going to keep working with that character, Holden Caulfield, write a whole book ends up being the catcher in the rye mm-hmm. and that gets published in 1951 and the plot is detailing 16 year old Holden's experience in New York City following his expulsion and departure from an elite college preparatory school mm. wink wink sounds like him yeah little autobiographical maybe um the book is notable for the persona and testimonial voice of its first person narrator narrator he serves as an insightful but unreliable narrator who expounds on the importance of loyalty, the phoniness of adulthood, and his own duplicity. Hmm. And initial reactions were mixed, um, but the New York or the New York Times hailed it hmm. as an unusually brilliant first novel. And ever since then, he's had kind of like a really tight deal with the New Yorker. Now they kind yeah. of publish anything he writes, yeah. you know. And yeah. I love an unreliable narrator. Yes. T. T. <laughs> and so that was Sounder. And, you know, I'm just going to talk about his mentor then. That's okay. his influencer, Whippernet. Okay. Um, that's the guy who taught him and published, like, his very first short story in that okay. story magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was born in 1899 in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> Wait, that's not even, like, that's only 20 years older than him. Yeah. Okay. And he, Whip Burnett, studied at the University of Southern California, just like a writer, writing teacher, magazine editor. He started, when did he start? Oh, he started his magazine in the 1940s. And Story Magazine became popular because he just like found all of these great authors before they'd published anywhere else. He had a really, really good eye for like finding new talent. 
Um, but he did have that good old uh, reputation of being a low baller. He only paid <laughs> $25 per story. Well, so it's kind you of gotta. Like, he's getting all those starving writers who are like, yeah. literally no one's paying me anything. Well, I'd like to think when Story Magazine took off, he started paying him more. I think it just stayed like Shit. a like a new like a new people kind of magazine. Okay. So they just kept passing. You know, it's not like they only paid people twenty five dollars for forever. They would be like, yeah. it's like SNL where people like graduate from it. Like you've moved past this magazine, go on to the New Although Yorker. To me, it feels like SNL is the end all be all. Dude, I feel that way too. But you read you read Bossy Pants. That's how Tina yes. Fey describes it. She's like, it's like comedian high school well, what first you started in chicago at the second city yeah and then you go to snl and then, and you, then you write an autobiography and you, be, you have yeah. your own series but i guess it makes sense you graduate and then you, if you come back and host then you really made it yes okay. yes <laughs> if you if you remain big enough yeah you're like in movies doing your own comedy specials then yeah. by the way do you like pete davidson um sure <laughs> on snl Sure. I don't. I really don't see. I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch SNL. Lately. Okay. I don't like him. Yeah. But I like him as a person. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was stupid. It's fine. Um. Oh, but so Burnett and his first wife, Martha Foley, founded the story magazine um, in Vienna, actually, Ooh. which is where Salinger Ooh. was doing his weird uh, slaughterhouse experiment. Yeah. Meat. Um, packaging yeah (laughs) and let me see here um they became so yeah he became estranged with salinger which is a bummer um but i think they reconciled later because in 1964 salinger wrote an essay a salute to whit burnett um oh yeah yeah and you know that's a thing you know artists grow together and come apart but i think they still appreciate you know i mean who got them People who help them get started, you know, even if even if you do have your strained relationship. Um, let's see the other people that um, Story Magazine introduced. Obviously, Salinger, um, Charles Bukowski, John Cheever, James T. Farrell, Joseph Heller, Catch-22 author, yep. Tennessee Williams, the playwright, mm-hmm. and Richard Wright. And yeah, the Wright brothers. Right <laughs> and also he also published the early works of Truman Capote and Norman Mailer, which those are all mm-hmm. names that I recognize. Um, so there you go. He passed away in 1973, though. But that's old. Yeah. Isn't that whack, though? I mean, we go Winona, yeah. an actress inspired by his writing, who got his J.D. Salinger's writing, who got to start. Kind of some guy because Whippernut was like, man, you know, this is good. Why didn't you try hard the first semester? (laughs) (laughs) Slacka. Yeah. And then all of J.D. Salinger's books are about Holden Caulfield being a slacker. I wish I would have read the book. Then I would have more commentary. Yeah. I mean, all I remember from the beginning is it just it's kind of meandering, you know, my mom's calling me. Sorry, mom, (laughs) hanging up on you. Oh, you should have answered. That would have been funny. You're on the pod. Well, <laughs> she like, oh, no. listens to the pod, so she would be like, shout out Amy Ellsburn. Thanks for calling me. I'll Thanks call you back so later, nice. Mom. Forever. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end for me. Cute. Okay, sick. We start that, with two that's TV our TV actors. episode. Yeah, got some old writers. We, and yeah, I indulged a little. That's fine. You're allowed to. <laughs> this is our just, podcast. Because I knew Cece was not finished with Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then I said, hey, did you finish? And she said, yeah. And I said, there's my opening. 
I'm doing it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Cool. And yeah, I finished Stranger Things immediately. Yeah. Was, you oh, have to. Yeah, we have to talk about it. You have to. Someone posted on Facebook. I don't remember who. Um, which I've deactivated now. I Hooray. know. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I spend too much time on it. On Facebook? Yeah. You need a Twitter. No, <laughs> no, I can't do Twitter. Um, but someone posted that the Netflix, like the Netflix Twitter account was tweeting spoilers like eight days after they released season oh. three, which is like, yeah, you can assume everyone's going to binge it. But like not everyone has the time. Why would your official why would your official account tweet spoilers? What spoilers? I don't know what spoilers. Because probably that. I'm, oh, we can't ever, yeah, you know, the ending, yeah, the thing in the end. But, you know, I know it's like it's also like but it's also your responsibility. If there's a hot thing happening in the media that you don't want to get spoiled, it's your job to stay off of social media. I know. And I think people usually are like pretty good about saying spoilers. There's, yes. Even when you click a Twitter moment now. There's a warning where it's like a content warning, like if it was something nasty, yeah. like 18 plus, yeah. it says spoilers ahead. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. like, okay, go off. Yeah. Like, thank you, Twitter, for having my back. Yeah. But can we just talk about that without saying it? Like, I watched all these. You, I Every time I finish a series or even an episode, I watch all this, the uh, YouTube anal- analysis channel. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think at this point, if you haven't seen Stranger Things season three and oh. you don't want the ending spoiled for oh. you, you should just go to the next episode. Yeah. Keep listening, but not this one. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the next episode because we're going to talk about it. And if you don't want to know, don't listen. Um, Hop's alive, though. <laughs> you think? Yes. No, I know he is. Okay. So I have three points. Three okay. points. I've already written this out, which... Um, <laughs> Um, on the, okay. there's, okay, so there's like a secret Facebook page for Milwaukee women. I won't say the name. Um, but in it is the female rapper Zed Kenzo, which I don't know if you know her, but she's just like a local no, Milwaukee rapper. but she rapper. shares a name she's with She's so much fun. Else. She's so much fun. And she liked my three points that I'm about to oh share with God. you. Did you like map it out and take a photo and post it? No, I just like commented. Okay, so okay. people are like, is Hop alive? You know, there's like that little scene at the end yes. where the Russians are like the American. Yes. Why would they keep Hopper alive? Maybe as a bargaining chip with Eleven? I don't know. I don't think Hopper, yeah. I don't think Hopper is the American in Russia. Is it I Billy? Think, no, I think it's Dr. Brenner, the scientist that made Eleven who she is. So but first, she hates him. Well, not so they don't have him as a bargaining chip. I think, well, first of all, season three, the Russians are, you know, like, you know, they're they're trying to get yeah, I mean, to open a portal in America. It's a Cold War. I think they're just trying to release a monster to decimate America, yeah. but they need a way to control it. Eleven is the only one who can. But so they, they, try- they need Dr. Brenner to help them be able to control 11. these things. Like the the monsters, like the demodogs and yeah. the mind flayer and the demogorgon. So I think that's why they have Dr. Brenner. If you slow down the explosion at the end, Hopper's not standing on the platform. Yeah. Anymore. That's what I saw on YouTube. I think he made a mad dash for the upside down. Yes. So RT. that's reason reason one I think Hop's alive. I think he's in the upside down. Reason mm-hmm. two, the whole gang hasn't gone into the upside down yet. It is such good TV. Like it's totally unexplored. We like don't know anything about it. If they don't go into the upside down, wasted potential. You All know, of them it's scary. As a squad. 
or maybe when you know when they break off like maybe it's like a dustin and steve job or it's like (laughs) the main squad i don't know or maybe it's like joyce and jonathan and like i don't know who um that is a good point because if he's still in the upside down that's a reason to open the portal again yes and you know what and they have and they have to explore it it's just so interesting if they don't they just created it and wasted it. You but know? how will they find out that Hopper's in the Upside Down? I have a theory. And it's something I want to have happen. Okay. I'll share my third. Don't, okay. don't let me forget about my third point. I won't. Okay. I'm ready Picture this. Joyce Byers is sitting in whatever. Or someone is sitting. Joyce. I, I want I it to she be Joyce. to Wisconsin. Is sitting. Oh, cute. <laughs> Joyce is sitting on the couch. Sad. Because, you know, she doesn't have um, Bob. She doesn't have hop. I know. She doesn't have anyone. And her lamp starts to flicker. Fuck. And she's like, weird. But this has happened before. When okay. Will was in the upside down messing with her lights, we get to see her recreate okay. the letter scheme with the Christmas lights. And Hop lets her know he's there. And then they have to go do a rescue mission for him. Would that not be an amazing TV moment? I would of literally course. start to cry if Joyce Byers recreated that wall. Of course. And she's just so hopeful that it's Hop. Like, please may Hop be alive. Yeah. Is it like immediately like she's unpacking the boxes to find the Christmas lights? I don't know, but it would be so good. But that would mean that Joyce or Will, or I guess Eleven, the, the, the like, the thin area between the upside down and the real life follows them. It's not just in... Hawkins. Well, do you remember? Maybe it follows Eleven because do you remember like this whole season, the mind flayer was coming for Eleven. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't care about the people in Hawkins. He mm-hmm. was there for Eleven. So I almost wonder because well, Eleven's right there with Hawkins, you know, mm-hmm. like she was there. And now that she's gone, maybe, you know, maybe it follows her. OK, I don't remember this. This is a question. But like, why did it? come for will again because i think that will has um certain powers like 11 was it because their the space in their home was thin or was it like see will first okay so i think will became a target because when he was in the upside down he got infected by one of those slug things yeah you know so i but i i don't think will was on because now he has a sense like, yeah. he knows when it's there, too. Yes. But I I think Will getting kidnapped initially was a coincidence, like, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Or getting put into the Upside Down. Maybe so not. why was it, like, his wall that he was, sure. like, coming through? Sure. Hmm. <laughs> oh, fuck. Maybe okay. it was random. You know, but it also, much, it also could just be random because, remember, there was a portal into the Upside Down by Steve's house just under that tree. You know, oh, yeah. that Nancy and Jonathan went through the first time. So like And it's under the mall. It like they could just kind of anywhere. It could just kind of yeah. Or actually the mall was but the, the mall, mall was built made, over it. The well portal. the mall was they were using a machine, but like there were some like the tree one was totally natural. That was just like a natural portal. Okay. You know, no one had to open that. It, did it follow Eleven to Chicago or wherever she was? In that really bad. No, I don't think it did. (gasps) Maybe she moved too fast for it. I don't know. T. Okay, third reason though. We'll wrap this up. Third reason. (laughs) I think that Hop is in the upside down. You know that letter he reads to Mm -hmm. Eleven or she reads that he never actually gave her? The last thing he says, paraphrasing, is, and please, for the sake of your dear old dad, leave the door open three inches. 
the door could just mean the bedroom or it could oh mean God. the door to the upside down. And they love double meanings. Okay. Whoa. Okay. You've yes. totally convinced me. Yes. I really thought he like accidentally went through. I thought he went to the upside down, came out in Russia. That that would be too simple. I feel like your theory is correct. They would be fools to actually kill off like ev- like everyone's okay. Maybe second favorite character. I go back and forth between Hop and Eleven. I, I like them both so much. I don't really like Eleven that much. I like Lucas. Mm. Lucas. <laughs> oh my god! I and I love Sadie Sink. Yeah. And I forgot her character's name right now. Max. Yeah, Max. Yeah. And okay, I was really hoping the American would be Billy. I know he's fucking dead, yeah. but I love Dacre Montgomery. I know. My cousin Aubrey from Ohio, she visited last week and she was so sad. She's like, I cried at Billy. I didn't care about anyone else. So is everybody that was um like Flayed. controlled they're all dead yeah at the oh end they said God. they said it was like related to like a mall accident i don't know what they said but yeah all those people so they said how many people were there like a hundred people and they just died in the mall i think it was only in my mind it says it was 30 but i feel like there had to be more people like that my flare was huge that- yes the we'll meet again yes Oh, my God. I had my closed captioning on the whole time because, like, I'm annoying. And I was, like, really happy because that because I always outline the songs. So it's, like, more clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, so creepy. Well, thank you for listening to our yeah. Stranger Things. I don't uh, know if anyone analysis. made it this far. Yeah. We had you because we talked about Winona. But thanks. Thanks, Pam. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I don't know how to close it. Do you remember the one? We'll say say bye. Yeah. Well, no, we have to say Follow oh, us on yeah. Facebook. Oh my gosh, all of our things. Listen yeah. to us wherever you're listening right now. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts. We yeah. have a Facebook page, OG Influencers. Please go and uh, follow us, like us. Send us requests too. I my think- grandma requested the musicians I'm doing in yes. the next episode. Okay, so- and I'm listening to her. So like people, request. Yeah, because... If you're listening and you don't know anyone we're talking about, just let us know and we'll do it. Yeah. If we can't work it in as the initial artist, we'll find like someone that they've influenced, you know, like we'll 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 make room for them. You oh, know, yeah. if they're a big enough person, they've influenced someone. You know. Uh-huh. And if you like them, uh, we'll do it anyway. Yeah, we'll Even just do it anyway. They mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if it's yourself, we'll talk about you. Oh, <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.